Investor Schooling is an education company located in Langhorne, Pennsylvania. Investor Schooling, the principals or their employees, are not licensed by any regulatory institution. Phil Falcone and Larry Steinhaus are not registered reps of any investment firm, nor do they sell any securities. Their advice is based on their experiences and the experiences of their students. They are not attorneys or accountants, and before using any of their advice, they suggest you check with your legal or tax professionals. To find out more, go to www.investorschooling.com. This show is previously recorded. Now, let's welcome Larry Steinhaus and Phil Falcone, your hosts for Investor Schooling Live. Good afternoon and welcome to Investor Schooling Live. Coming to you from Investor Schooling Headquarters, I'm Phil Falcone here with my business partner, Larry Steinhaus. We are the founders of Investor Schooling. Get ready to learn real estate investing and stock option trading. Call us anytime during the show with your questions at 855-939-1137. That's 855-939-1137. That's right. We're a live program. So you can call us anytime during the show, and we will take your calls. Don't worry about what we're talking about, because we love to take your calls. Investor Schooling is located in Langhorne, Pennsylvania, serving the Philadelphia area in a real brick-and-mortar building. We are local guys, accessible to our students a minimum of two nights per week. Learn this business, the business of real estate investing and stock option trading from people who live it every day. On today's show, we're going to be discussing a whole bunch of topics. This might be a two-hour show. What is the best way to build your real estate empire? Can a person 10x their stock option account? Does cold calling work? Like Boxable, I found a new company, Studio Sheds, and they've got a great vision. We're going to be talking about them. Should you pay off your home and keep working your 9 to 5? If the bank will give you the money, take it. We're going to talk about that today. Apply for credit cards, HELOCs, and loans now. We're going to discuss that today. I just acquired a house way under market value. We could talk about that. At the end of our show, one of the most valuable segments we ever have is the stock options sultan will be visiting us. He will give us tips for next week that we can invest in. We've even got some questions that came in. So, Larry, what's happening? So, why don't we go to one of the topics that we know best? Um, so, we're going to be talking about drinking. <laughs> what's your favorite drink? Uh, I mix them up. I think we should do this. I think that every time, uh, every time, let's see, every time something, what do we say? Every time we say real estate, somebody has to take a drink. We'll have a drinking game on our show. You know tonight. what? Right now, Terry's getting mad because we're not even talking about Oh, business. I know. I know. Terry's going, oh, this show stinks. All right. Well, why don't we start with this question? What is the best way to build a real estate empire? And by the way, you can call in at 855-939-1137, and you can tell us how terrible the show is today. 855-939-1137. Okay. So the best way to build a real estate empire? You got an opinion on that? Yes. Buy real estate. Yeah, it's pretty simple. Isn't I mean, it? it was like it was just an easy question. It's pretty simple. It could be houses. It could be apartment buildings. It could be anything that's real estate. Right? Absolutely. So all you have to do is just make moves. I know. We're looking at a... uh, It's kind of like playing Monopoly. You land on a property, you buy buy it. it. Exactly. Have you ever played a game Cash Flow? No. 
the Kiyosaki game. It's actually, it's actually no, a similar no, game. I can't play the game cash flow because it requires like five other people and I don't have that many friends. Well, you, yeah, okay. I think you can play with a minimum of three. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. But it's the same thing. You know, it talks about, you know, you're paying your bills, then you're buying real estate, then all of a sudden you're buying major companies. So we're, we're on the verge of buying a major company. Yeah, well, but let's keep that quiet. We are. We are. I, I, I do. I do understand. We I'm don't not discuss deals yeah, while until we right, exactly. lock them up. Exactly. <laughs> okay. But maybe if you listen to the show next week, we might have And if it's locked up, we will talk about it. Something exciting to tell you. Maybe next week. That would be cool. Okay. So is that it? Is it you just buy real estate, huh? <laughs> That's it, huh? <laughs> By real estate, yeah. Glenn's Glenn's uh, texting me and letting him know that everything sounded good here, and he wants to let us let him know if any if there's any more problems. Well, I never said that I had a problem with Glenn in the first place. I know he's actually a good guy, but I just couldn't resist. You couldn't resist embarrassing him on the radio. Exactly. Okay. You think we'll have him as a producer next week? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. What so do we got? let's talk about somebody. Blowing up their stock option account. Yeah. Do you know anybody who's ever 10x'd their stock option account? I've done it. I've done it in a year. Well, let's I, hear I, about I, it. I 10x my, one of my stock options account in a year. And I'm going to tell you, this is really not normal. I just hit a couple of lucky plays, and I happened to do it in one year. I've never done it again. Um, you know, if I do it again, that's fantastic, but it's just not likely to happen, especially the way we teach people how to trade. We people teach people how to trade a more conservative way. Now, understand there's still risk. It's, it, it is risky. There's no doubt. And, um, so it can be done. It's just not likely to happen the way we teach them to trade. We're, we're our average trades. We're making uh, 28 to 35% on an average trade when they go good. And when we lose them, we, you know, we lose about 70% on the trade in average. It sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the now, problem is we, we hit a couple this year that were we, we had a couple of really bad trades this year. Unfortunately, you know it happened, but it is what it is. You right. know they happen. I mean, I I two xed my account, but then I halved it. <laughs> <laughs> so you gotta you gotta double it again in order to do it again, right? <laughs> yeah, but you you know we've talked about this. Um, I, I felt pretty good about my decision to turn what I had into a piece of real estate before it turned into a, an empty piece of paper. Right. And this is something interesting. I, I teach people in our class, they say, listen, you put whatever, let's say you put whatever, let's say you put $50,000 into your stock options account. You get to a certain point, maybe it's 60, maybe it's 70,000 and pull some of that money out and put it somewhere safer. And when I say safer, like, you know, I've been, I've been throughout the years, I've been paying mortgages down. So I've got a couple of houses now that are paid in full because of that. And then we're going to talk about the next topic, which is HELOCs. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, but um, you know, I've been paying properties down because I know it's a safer place. Matter of fact, the, the safest place for me to put money is is in my properties against my mortgages or to load up my life insurance, my whole life insurance policy. Same thing. If I do that, it's basically the same philosophy as I'm throwing equity into places that can't be easily accessed, especially with a house. Well, you know, when you – I know that you had you – had, uh, talked about that philosophy many times but i had the grandiose plans sure. of turning my five hundred and six thousand dollar account into a million right and uh something and when it hit nine hundred ninety nine thousand, you, you you made it go down to 250 <laughs> something along the way it didn't happen something along the way it didn't happen uh but but like any stock option trader you have to go through that process 
So um, yeah, it becomes it becomes a learning lesson. That's why we tell people to start off a little bit. You know, first of all, with money that they can lose, and it wouldn't change their lifestyle. You know, does it stink when you lose two hundred thousand dollars? Of course, it stinks when you lose two hundred thousand dollars. But if you put up two hundred thousand dollars, if it changes your lifestyle, do not do it. We tell people this all the time. Some people were telling ten thousand, some people twenty thousand. It depends on their lifestyle, and it depends on what they have and what they can afford to lose. Because it's not quite gambling. But it's you know the it is risky. It's not like you know it's not like you know going to play thirteen black or something like that. Yeah, not that that's so that's so safe either. No, that's the point. Right, it's not right. right, right, right. <laughs> it's not at all. So uh, <clears throat> we did a little class on cold calling people. Yeah, I like that class. You did that class the other day. Yeah, you know, just explaining to people that it's a very affordable way to reach out to your clients. Spend a couple hours a day just calling people. Whatever kind of business you're in, it doesn't matter. We could be calling students for investor schooling to come into class. We could be calling people who are thinking about selling their house and asking them if they're ready yet. And that's kind of what happened to me this weekend where just following up on some phone calls, I got a hold of somebody who finally said they're ready. That's awesome. That's the way to go. Sure. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. And this is this has been maybe a year in the process. So it just goes to show you, like, you got to put effort into this business. If you this business is no different than any other business, you got to work at it. You got to think about it. You got to care about it. You got to want to do it. You you got to if you like doing it, then you're probably going to be a pretty big success because that's part of it. You you know you got to get on the phone and say. Let me call some of these people because maybe there's $50,000 to be made on the other end of that line. But I'm not going to find out if I don't call them. Yeah, I agree. And the most phone calls I've ever made in one week was 430 calls in one week. That was the most I ever made in one week. That's a lot of calls. Yeah, but it's, that's, again, unusual. But I used to make 150 every week years ago. I mean, now I'm very busy. I've got so many other things to do. I can't <clears throat> do it. Uh, well, you but, got a lot of responsibility. Yeah, but I also go ahead and I send mail. So I'll send out you know, a couple of thousand postcards a week and wait for the phone phone calls to come in. So uh, let's talk about um, Studio Shed. Sure. Tell me about that. I know I know nothing about it. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to plan on telling you yeah. that. So uh, when we first talked about Boxable, Boxable, a lot of people were interested in it. People were calling. People were talking about it at the school. People are just plain interested in it. It's it's a really interesting concept that Boxable's doing, which is uh, basically building affordable housing. Mm -hmm. But now there's another company coming up, and what I like about them is they're really building things. Okay, They're not just trying to raise money to begin building things, to manufacture things. Studio Shed is located uh, in Canada, and they have some really cool-looking homes that you can buy for thirty grand. And if you're the kind of guy who is handy, capable of maybe insulating the walls and throwing up some sheetrock and doing the finishing touches, this $30,000 house can be purchased sometimes for less than $5,000 for a bare wow, bones. That's amazing. Now, you still got to finish it off, okay? Yeah. But, but what they take out of it is they take out the bathroom, they take out the kitchen, they take out the drywall. You've got to insulate it and, and drywall it and finish it off. So wait, $30,000, how many bedrooms? Uh, it depends. Uh, okay. You know, oh, that's right. Just they have a bunch idea. of different versions. Okay, and okay. at different prices, I imagine. Right, right. Okay. So, okay. like, the cheapest thing you could get is you get, like, a frame for five grand. Okay. Right? But you have to, you have to go out and spend money. What's and the material? 
you're asking too many questions. Well, you know, you're the one who put it on the topic. You're, you're supposed to know this stuff. Stop asking me all these questions. Okay. Uh, hey, Phil, it, it, does it make a house? Hey, Pedro, I think it's yes. time you shut his mic off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, do you know any question? Does it make a house? So they, what, no, they don't make houses. They call their product ADUs. ADUs? Yes. Additional dwelling units. Okay. Very that's cool. what they are. So they look like sheds. Okay. You can literally, that's why it's called studio shed. Got it. You can put a shed in your backyard. Uh huh. Okay. But it's not to be used as a shed, it's to be used as uh -huh. a living quarters right. for mom. Or for your loser brother who can't get a job. Right. Or for your cousin who's got some kind of special needs. You can buy one of these things for $5,000, finish it off yourself, or have them finish it off for thirty grand, and it's an additional dwelling unit that looks exactly like a shed. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah, so it's a clever thing. Yeah, okay. Because, then yeah. they make ones that are pretty sexy looking. you got to go to their website to see it. It's studioshed.com. And on there, they have some really cool-looking houses. And uh, some of them are like all glass. You know, you can have a whole wall of glass if you want. Some some really sexy designs. Now, of course, they start getting into the 60 grand, 70 grand range. Of course, this can also be used for replacing mobile homes in a mobile home park. All right? No wonder you're looking at it. Of course, these are possible options. Of course, sure. And they're very affordable. And especially if you can, they call them prefabbed casitas. So do you think it's the next It's the next thing to replace tiny homes? What I think is exciting about what they're doing is Boxable. I got very excited about Boxable until I learned that Boxable really isn't manufacturing these things yet. They don't have a product. They they're just still, have they have a design. Right. They do have a product that you can go see, but they are not mass manufacturing these things. Studio Shed is... Okay. Gotcha. And you've got several different versions that you can buy. So it's pretty cool looking. And it is definitely something that, uh, look, if America continues on the path it's going, I think there's no question about it that real affordable housing is going to become a, a big thing. I, I actually agree with you. I think, I think, and I think it's five years away or sooner. Okay, you got crazy mm -hmm. home prices right now. You got people bidding twenty-five, thirty-five, forty thousand dollars above the asking price of a house. That trend cannot continue. And if somebody could actually produce houses that were going to cost thirty-five thousand dollars, I think it could be the hottest thing coming. I, I again agreed. All Very right, good. Very good you're going to hear more about this company, <clears throat> Studio Shed. Go to studioshed.com to check yep. it out. And by the way, I don't get paid. For promoting that. Yeah, absolutely not. 855-939-1137. 855-939-1137. Ask your question about real estate, about stock options, about money, about taxes, about life in general. If you want to ask me, if you want to ask, you know, <clears throat> Phil, personal question about anything, you can do that too. I can't get that. I can't get that deep in here, can I? The next question is, should you pay off your home and keep working your <laughs> nine-to-five job? <laughs> What's your thoughts about that, Larry? It's such a loaded question because you got so many pieces here. Should you pay off your home and keep working at 9 to 5? I'm not sure what one has to do with the other. So so uh, should you pay off your home? Maybe, but working your 9 to 5, that's something it's a different question. So let's which one do which one do you want me to answer? Have you ever paid off your home? I, I have, yes. Okay. Right. Did you regret it? 
No, I, I didn't regret it because I immediately took a HELOC out on it. Right. So all you did was go right back and borrow right. money again. And that's, okay. and that's the next topic, too. So why so, don't we put these two topics together? All right. Well, where I'm going with this question is instead of paying off your primary residence, which is going to ultimately happen anyway, I don't think that's the highest and best use for your money. Right. I think the highest and best use for your money is to go out and buy an investment property Something that you can rent out, whether it be an apartment building, a mobile home, an office building, it doesn't matter, a retail store, a business, anything like that. Something that makes you money, right? That is a better use for what your money can be used for. That's what I do with my money. Absolutely. Right? And all of a sudden, there's more and more income coming in from all these different asset classes, which is pretty cool because... If certain things in your life fall apart, like you get fired at your job because you're obnoxious, or... What are you trying to say? I'm uh, just saying that that's something potential that could happen to a person, <laughs> especially a person like you. Like me? Yeah, yeah. And it's important to have money coming in a bunch of different ways. That way, if I don't have a 9-to-5 job, but if I did have a 9-to-5 job and I got fired, I wouldn't really care. Because I have money coming in from multiple different sources. That's one of the things I love about real estate. So so let me give a, a, a mathematical example to this, or at least one off the top of my head. So please, if you don't, so maybe you can follow the math off my head. So let's say you have that property worth $100,000 and it has no mortgage on it. So you owe nothing on it, right? And if that property goes up 5% a year, which is, you know, usually 5 to 7% is what we pretty much expect. But let's use 5% because the math is easier. So after the first year, it's worth now $105,000, right? Yep. And that's what it's worth. It's worth $105,000. But if you took $80,000 of that out and you used that money somewhere else to also make money, would the house still be worth $105,000? Of course. Sure. Right? So now you took the other eighty, and maybe that 80000 maybe you made 10% on that 80000 and that's 8000 So now you made $8,000 more because you took the money out of the house and put it somewhere else. That's the idea of taking money out of your house and using it. And if you took that property and that property was 80000 and you wanted to slowly pay that off, you could do that as well and then use it to buy another property and another property and another property and another property. That's the concept of using the money. It's 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 fantastic when you do it that way. <laughs> what, are you, what are you looking at? <laughs> Who, who's... Uh, Phil, Phil said nice hat. Okay, I get it. I yeah. get it now. Yeah. He's putting his name there. Yeah. All right. So um, let's talk about something else. Sure. If a bank will give you the money, would you take all that they would give you? I, I, whenever a bank gives me money, I'm taking it. Okay. Bank offers me. So, so this is a this is an odd thing that we teach because it's contradictory to anything that everyone teaches everywhere else. We teach you to get in massive debt, and massive debt. If, of course, if leveraged properly, I'm not telling you to buy massive debt and buy cars and buy furniture. I'm talking about massive debt to buy assets that will make you money. So if a bank's going to give me money, if it's going to, the bank's going to offer me $100,000, I'm taking that $100,000, and I'm going to use it to buy an asset that's going to make me money. And, that's, and that, I'm going to make more money than the bank, than I'm going to be paying the bank time after time after time. So uh, recently you, you came uh, on the stage at the school, mm -hmm. and you mentioned that you should be applying for as many credit cards as you can, Correct. as many HELOCs as you can, meaning a home equity line of credit on any property you have, whether you live in it or whether it's an investment property, you should be trying to get that. And you should also be taking loans 
if you're capable of getting loans right now. You want to tell us a little bit about your philosophies there? Craig, and you said right now, which is exactly the point. Yes. The right now part. So right now, it's very easy to get loans, very easy to get credit cards. I promise you that three to four years from now, when the market tanks, these are going to be very difficult to get. Last year during COVID, we actually thought, or when COVID first started, we actually thought it was going to be that we were going to have all our lines of credit taken away. Now, I currently have just in credit cards alone, I have $750,000 available on credit cards. And by the way, I just got another one, which is the funniest thing. I just got another one. But $750,000 available to me on credit cards, and I can use that money for anything I want, including buying houses, which I've demonstrated several times in class. The And, and I, I would expect that three or four years from now, when the market tanks, they're going to cut back those lines for me possibly to half which still gives me probably five to seven times more than the average good credit person who has credit cards. And I'll be able to use those credit cards for whatever I want. I can use them to fix up my properties. I can use them to to uh, buy properties. I can use them to feed myself if there's a, an emergency where let's say I've lost all my income, which is going to be rare and going to be difficult at this point. That's the other reason when you say lose income, that's the other reason why you never get a Macy's card or a JCPenney's card or a, if there's anything left, Sears, I don't even know if Sears is available, is alive anymore, but you never get department store credit cards, you know, Kohl's or whatever, because you can, you only want to get Visa's, MasterCard, Discover Cards, American Express. Ones that can be used anyway. Right. With the exception of Home Depot and Lowe's, if you're a real estate investor. So you do get a Home Depot and a Lowe's card if you're a real estate investor, because you're going to use them to renovate your properties or fix your properties. It makes sense. And, yep. and Yeah. And that's what I'm keep doing. And anytime someone sends you one of those letters, it's to say you're pre-approved for a credit card, as long as it's not a, you know, a, a fee card, in other words, charge you $100 fee or whatever, or, or, a, or if, you know, if your credit's really bad and you have to put up a security account, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about real credit cards. If you can get one for free, get one. Even if you don't use it, just get it. Just put it in a drawer somewhere. I don't care if you destroy it, just get it because it's actually, believe it or not, going to improve your credit, not, de- not decline your credit. It's actually going to make it go up. So, by the way, we're talking about credit, we're talking about money, we're talking about real estate stock options, 855-939-1137, 855-939-1137. You can call in right now. So I want to tell you a little story that happened uh, with this mobile home park that I just bought. So I found a business partner who was going to come in with me, sure. but he was a little bit short. Okay? Oh, okay. He was short of the portion he needed sure. to buy his half of the park. So I said, look, don't worry about that. I'll put up the rest of the money, and whatever extra I put up, I'll just I'll just get a bigger piece of the profit okay. when we chop up the sure. money. He said, fine. So it wasn't that big of a difference between us. It was like a 45-55 kind of arrangement, right? Okay. All right. So um, I went through all my credit card bills looking for the convenience checks that are on the back, and I was just looking for the one that had the best deal. And I got a couple of them out that looked like they were the best deal. And I actually called the banks. And I said, I want to make sure I understand this. I want to understand this. Is this a good deal? And um, somebody came on the line and said, listen, how short are you? I said, well, I need about 30, 30 grand. And they said, well, uh, yeah, we can do that. Right? And, and just like that, the money appeared in my bank account. Right. 48 hours later. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it was pretty nice. It was pretty nice. And so, it's what, 0%, maybe 3% fee? Uh. I don't remember 1%. exact details, yeah, but, sure. but who cares? Yeah, you, you bought the park. You pay a fee when right. when right. you when you do write the check, regardless of right. what it 3% is. Three percent typically. But boom, it it solved my problem. Right, and that's the point: is it solved your problem? He didn't buy it for furniture. He bought it for what he's supposed to do. He bought it for an investment, which is exactly what makes right. it great. And what I'm really buying in this 
park is I'm buying a rent roll. Right. Right? So I borrow some money to finish off what I needed to get it done, and in exchange, I get the rent roll. Sure. I do the same exact thing. When I when I buy a property, you know, maybe I have to fix it with credit cards. That's okay with me. It doesn't matter to me. As long as I can buy the property and make money on it in the end, fine. You know, we often ask our students, would you pay 28% interest on a loan to buy a property? And it's funny because all the newbies don't raise their hand. All our, all our current students raise their hand. And if you're listening to this going... I wouldn't pay 28% to buy a property. Well, first of all, let's let's make sure you understand that that's the this is the only way you could buy it at the moment because it's the only bank that's going to give you the loan is 28%. Would you take it? Of course you'd take it. And the reason you would take it is because as long as you can make more money than you're borrowing on that property, why wouldn't you take it? Somebody else paid for it. Yes. I agree 100%. So it's nice to have all these options available to you. Yeah, so okay. actually, why don't, we, why don't we real quick, we'll go to a commercial, but before we go, I just want to let everybody know, you can give us a call at 855-939-1137, 855-939-1137, and you can go to investorschooling.com, and you can take a free class with us this Thursday. Hi, I'm Phil Falcone from InvestorSchooling.com. I'm inviting you to a complimentary class in Langhorn this Thursday night at 7 p.m. I will teach you how to buy ugly houses and make them beautiful. As a bonus, we will also teach you stock option investing. So get your butt to this meeting, 7 p.m. this Thursday night, Langhorn, 215-876-3002, InvestorSchooling.com. Hey everybody, it's Larry Sinus from InvestorSchooling.com. You heard my partner Phil Falcone tell you why you should be there this Thursday night to learn about real estate investing and learn about stock options trading. We're telling you right now, you will make more money than you've ever made in your entire life if you learn these two skills. Be there this Thursday night at 7 o'clock in our Langhorn headquarters. Go to InvestorSchooling.com. Pull over right now. Take out your phone and go to InvestorSchooling.com. RSVP right now. InvestorSchooling.com. See you Thursday. Hi, I'm Phil Falcone from Executech Suites. We're an executive suite center in Huntington Valley on Buck Road, 67 Buck Road, Huntington Valley. I'm sure you've driven past it. We're right in between Street Road and County Line Road. We have 47 offices in the prestigious address of Huntington Valley. I have offices starting at $5.95 a month. You're probably wondering, Phil, what do I get for $5.95 a month? Let me tell you. You get an office big enough for one person. You get the furniture in that office. You get the telephone on the desk. You get the telephone numbers. You get the fax numbers. You get two full-time receptionists to answer the phone in the name of your company and patch the calls to you. So if your company's ABC Painting Company, hey, ABC Painting Company, how can I help you? Would you like to talk to Bob? Let me get him on the phone. You could be home sleeping on your couch and I'll patch the calls right to you. What else do we give you? We give you the conference rooms. We give you the kitchen. We give you the mailboxes, the printer, the copier, the scanner, UPS service, you name it. All of the utilities, cleaning service, and best of all, we give you free coffee. Get yourself to Executech Suites. Phone number is 215-942-7701. 215-942-7701. ExecutechSuites.com. Welcome back to Investor Schooling Live. I'm here with Bill Falcone, and we've been talking about boxables, and we've been talking about studio sheds. We've been talking about the fact that we 
10 times their money. And we talked about the fact that Glenn is fading the music out slower this week, so I'm all confused. That's why. That's what's going on here, Phil. The, the music's just being faded out slower, that's all. And by the way, you can call in at 855-939-1137. 855-939-1137. Did we get enough commercials in there, Phil? I don't know. Did we? I don't know. We got. It sounded like we got. You know, our regular one-minute commercial where we talk, where you and I talk, and then it sounded like we got an Executech commercial. But I don't know if we got another commercial after that. Well, the other commercial that you had made that I like is when you're talking about stock options. Yeah, stock options. Yeah. And you warn people that this isn't normal, but you know, and you go through the whole thing. Right. Sure. Right. So that's a good commercial. So, uh, sure. Glenn will straighten that out for us. I yeah. have No doubt. Yeah, I know. This is you know this is this is the uh, the complaint about Glenn week. And by the way, I'm not complaining about Glenn. I'm not complaining about Glenn. I'm just having fun with Glenn. So 855-939-1137. By the way, if you call in at 855-939-1137, Glenn's going to answer the phone, and you can tell him how you feel sorry for him that he had to do this show today with us. But speaking <laughs> of which, we're moving. Call and complain too. Who's going to call in? My girlfriend. She's going to join in the fun, too, of complaining. Oh, have your girlfriend call. Definitely have your girlfriend call in. We, we'd love to have her oh, have we'd, conversation we'd, with her. We would love to talk oh, that, to your yeah, girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, that would be fun. By the way, um, here we here, also want to. This is this is this is his girlfriend. Yeah, didn't work the way I thought it would. Okay, so what I wanted to uh, also ask was, we've asked a question for several weeks now, and we're not getting an answer. Would you like us to be more factual or more funny? I don't think I care anymore. I like the idea when we're funny. Okay. So listen, you, you know, for the seven people who listen to this show in their car, they're enjoying it. See, but the thing is, I wasn't asking you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not hey, even asking Pedro. Hey, when you pull up to the guy in the window, in, in, next, in the red light, when you pull up the guy next to him, roll down your window, I'm telling him to put on 1210 right now and ask him what he thinks. But we're moving. I meant to tell you, we're moving to Saturdays now live. We're now going to record the show Saturday live instead of Sunday live. Yeah, that's a good point. Right, so we need we to talk about that. We might want to tell people about yeah, that. Yeah, we may want to. So we, we've been doing this show on Saturday between 3 and 4. Next week, we're going to... And, we're going to do the live version between uh, 2 and 3 on Saturday. The repeat will still be at this time. And the reason we did that is because we felt that we were doing the stock option picks on Sunday. And then on Saturday, you guys were getting that getting that show. And it was too late to work on the, to, to use those. So now you'll be able to have it on Saturday. You'll be able to listen to our show. And then on Sunday, you'll be able to listen to repeat. And you'll be able to get those stock option picks for Monday and use them at at a better time. Right now, millions of people are celebrating. They're celebrating what? The fact that we moved the show. No, they're, they're no, they're not celebrating. They're they're like, who are these guys? Why should I listen to them? No, they're celebrating. Millions <laughs> of people right now. What do you think, Pedro? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for yeah, sure, see, definitely. Yeah. See, Pedro knows. Yeah. Pedro yeah. knows all kinds of things. I yeah. don't know how he knows Wait. them. He oh, just does. Speaking of commercials, here, here, here. This, this was the commercial that we did that will explain exactly what I'm talking about. You can hear the audio. It's good enough. Investor schooling needs a new slogan. Investor schooling? Never heard of. Investor schooling? Never heard of. Investor schooling? Never heard of them. Any suggestions? Phil? Investor schooling. We never heard of you either. Investor schooling. We never heard of you either. Register for a free class at investorschooling.com. 
that was that cost us what about fifteen thousand dollars to make that commercial <laughs> that you know that that everybody said that was the dumbest commercial we could ever make and we decided to do it anyway and we found out that they were absolutely right actually there was much worse <laughs> commercials coming from our marketing manager yes 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 yes, yes. he wanted to do something about a poop on a desk or something yeah yeah yeah, he, he, yeah that was kind of weird in fact yeah. I, i'm surprised that we still let him work here yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we got we got joe we got joe in, we got joe in brooklyn he wants to know about credit cards joe come on the line man let's talk hi how are you i am awesome man yeah good good I've got, I got tons of credit cards <laughs> okay so here's my question you're you, know, you seem to be encouraging or promoting the idea that taking as many credit cards as possible is a good thing. What I don't understand is some of these credit cards are not what you said, zero or 2%. You know, they're 18, 23%. I mean, they're legalized organized crime, some of these rates. So okay. if what you're ever going to do with that money is obviously going to cut into your, you know, your profit significantly because a lot of investments, you're going to get a return of seven or eight percent. So you could come out on the short end by doing this, unless I'm missing something. So, so you're actually you're missing a lot. But let's let's make, let's make an ab, an obvious one, okay? So if I could buy a house for a hundred thousand dollars, and I pay twenty eight percent interest over one year and interest only, how much did I pay total? One hundred twenty eight thousand, correct? Right. 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 But if I yes. sell that house for two hundred thousand dollars after the one year, have I made sixty-two thousand dollars? What did I add that wrong? No, Seventy-two. Yes, you're assuming. Yeah, but how are you going to sell that house for two? I mean, that's going to happen two and far apart. That you're going to have a oh. profit like that. We're, so here, here's what here's here's the real problem. The real problem is you don't believe that we find deals every day. And I shouldn't say every day, maybe about every week or month, that are a hundred thousand that we could sell for two hundred thousand after we after we pay twenty eight percent interest. We do it a lot. That's the difference. There's two kinds of skeptics in the world. There's the kind of skeptic that doesn't believe we can do it, and then there's this kind of skeptic that doesn't believe you can do it. I'm telling you right now, we can do it, and I also tell you right now we could teach you how to do it if you go to investorschooling.com. You don't even need you don't even need to make up a, a fake example because I just talked about a real example. Uh, my business partner was short. That's he right. didn't have yeah. enough money. I needed to raise about $30,000 because I was also paying for the closing cost as well. And when I looked at the convenience checks on the back of a credit uh, on the back of the credit card statement, I called the bank to talk to them about it and they said, "Listen, you don't need to use those checks. We can lend you the $30,000." I forget what the actual deals were, but I just knew it was good and I said, "Yeah, great, do it." And they wired the money directly into my personal bank account, which was awesome and solved my problem. So so Joe, how much does it cost you to get a credit card that you don't use? Doesn't cost you anything. Exactly. Go get as many as you can, and when you need them for an amazing, amazing opportunity, you have the money. I had a, I had a business, you know, like a long time ago for a company, and the owner of this business, it was a multi-billion-dollar company, well, well-known company, and the guy's philosophy was real simple: get money when you don't need it, because when you need it, you can't get it. All right. Anyway, Joe, thanks for calling, man. Hopefully, we'll see you, we'll see you pop into class. All right, where are we going next, Phil? We're running out of things to talk about. Already? You said you had two hours worth of stuff. 
Yeah, but we're flying through it. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. You, you can't talk for two hours? No, I can definitely talk for two hours. You know I can. I've seen you talk for two we hours. We do it every Monday night. Right. We do So I, I got something for you. You want, you want to freak out everybody on the air? Sure, go ahead. What was my topic about last week? What was your topic uh -huh. about last when week? I, when I did a presentation, what did I do it on? You were talking about Obamacare. Obamacare, right. Being the greatest. Why don't you tell people about it? The greatest thing that's ever happened to the small business owner. So all you guys who want to hang up right now or, or turn off your radio right now, I'm going to talk about this and you're going to miss this. This is the greatest thing ever. So Obamacare really was the greatest thing that ever happened to the small business owner. I did a, a presentation on it the other day. But if you want to call in and, and tell me how wrong I am, 855-939-1137, 855-939-1137. So if you're a small business owner, you know, they go by the, the subsidy, which is the best part of Obamacare. The subsidy is based on your, your AGI, your adjusted gross income. As a business owner, you all, we all know that we can make $300,000 and our adjusted gross income might be forty dollars or $50,000, which qualifies you for a subsidy for your health insurance. Take it. It's free. You know, these Democrats gave it to us, and they're not saying you have to be a Democrat in order to take it. They're saying you have to be, uh, you just have to be an American. Uh, well, anyway, you have to live in America because apparently you don't have to be an American anymore to live in America. But well, most of the uh, Americans that I know hate America. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. I, I, so live in the United States of America because I don't even know if they're calling them Americans anymore. Anyway, the idea is you can get the subsidy. And we, when we were done with this class, we had people in the room going, "Oh my goodness, I could have, I could have saved thirteen thousand dollars yesterday, last year. I could have saved ten thousand dollars last year." And they really could, especially if you understand how how the system works. And by the way, Obamacare is not health insurance, and Obamacare doesn't even exist. It's actually a nickname for something called the uh, the Affordable Care Act. And the Affordable Care Act is also not health insurance. It's a group of rules that health insurance companies must play by. And I'm going to tell you another trick that's a really good trick. If you have a child who's 26 years or younger living in a, they don't even have to be living at home, by the way. Uh, if they're 26 years or younger and they're make, not making a lot of money, you probably already know that you could put them on your program at your office at work. So if you have a health insurance program at work, you can put them on a program. It's probably costing you two or three hundred dollars a month. Don't do that. Have them get their own separate insurance policy using the subsidy and they'll pay nothing for it because they don't make that much money. They pay nothing for it and now you're you're getting back two or three hundred dollars a month that you were paying for your kids that were uh, that were on your health and your group health insurance plan and yes you do have a choice you can do that 855-939-1137 is our phone number 855-939-1137 is our phone number and i'm curious to know if anybody else out there knows what i know about about uh, the aca what else we got phil we got some questions that were emailed into us cool let's do it <clears throat> what is the one percent rule Ah, oh, the 1% rule is one of my favorite ways to understand properties. So the 1% rule is when you're first evaluating a property, the very first evaluation I make. So Phil, for example, if Phil's selling me a property and it's $100,000, I'm going to ask him, how much is the rent, Phil? 
Rents a thousand dollars. All right, so at a thousand dollars, that's awesome. That qualifies for the one percent rule. So basically, to me, that's a property worth exploring. Now, that to me means that I probably will make money on it. So if it's a hundred thousand dollars, one percent of a hundred thousand is one thousand dollars, and if it's bringing in a rent roll of one thousand dollars a month, it's probably a good cash flowing prop- property. Now, remember when I say probably, I, I don't know everything else about the details of the property. I don't know if there's an association fee. I don't know if if there's a, you know, if the tenants are paying the electric or not, or, you know, the utilities or not. So, but assuming there's no association fee and assuming there's that the tenant is paying all utilities, even if you're paying water, it probably still works with the 1% rule. But if I hear something that's higher than 1%, like if he tells me 1200 or 1300 or 1400, I am, I can't get in my car fast enough to look at that property. But anything below that thousand, I'm going to be skeptical. Now, if it's real close, I still may look. But if he's getting $700, I probably have no interest in this property whatsoever. I don't even need to know the next question. Right. But one thing, the only twist I would say to all that is, is the question is, I'd ask a question like, what kind of lease does your tenant have? And if your tenant is on a month-to-month lease, then you could theoretically take a $700 a month rent and make it 1000 immediately. Yeah, you can. And it's funny because I actually... I often say not to do that. I, I won't. I won't look at the possible rent. I look at the current rent because to me, if the current rent works, then the possible rent is only even better. So if okay. somebody's getting seven hundred dollars, if they're moving out, and I know that I, you know, they're moving out next week, and I know I can get twelve hundred thousand bucks, fifteen hundred, whatever, that's fine. But if they're not moving out, I, I have no interest. I'd rather leave a tenant in underpaying. Then change tenants because if I change tenants now, I'm renovating the property. Uh, you know, I've got a, I, I maybe have a month or two where I have no income, and depending on how big or how much how much I have to put into that property, I, I may not want to do that. But it, again, so let, let me share individual. with you a story about the uh, mobile home park that I just bought. Sure. So I asked uh, my partner John to call all the mobile home parks in the area of this park that we just bought and try to find out what the going price is in that area and guess what he came up with nothing and I'll tell you why because every single park he called they said we don't have anything available and he said yeah well I wow. just want to know what when it is available what would you charge for it I said we can't answer that question right now he couldn't even get a single number wow so when he communicated that to me I just banged the rents even more yeah hundred so bucks I, minimum so, more so I, I send out a yeah. welcome letter to everybody hi hello tenants I'm the new owner and then I immediately proceeded to send them an invoice with their new rent. See, I, I, now that's okay. I, I mean, you're a businessman. That's why I don't know. I personally would have waited three or four months because I want them to get to know me first. I wouldn't because if you wait three or four months, now you've just delayed the second increase three or four months. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I, right, get I on got, with I got, it. I got, I got, just I got, let I, it happen. You, you know, you know what? He's leaving money on the table. Yeah, you think so, Pedro? He's always huh? leaving He's like, money yeah, yeah, right, on the right. table. I was, I was just going to say that. I was like, he always told me that I'm leaving money on the table. <laughs> and honestly, I, I don't disagree with him. I just, I don't know. You know, it's okay. You, you can have your own. I'm a softy. What can you I tell can you? You can have your own way of doing things, even if it's wrong. It won't. I won't be out awake yeah. in the middle of the night worrying and about it. And here's you. the best part about me being wrong. Even if I'm wrong, I'm still making money and I'm making a lot of it. So it's okay. So I, I just don't necessarily think that I would, I would do it that way, but it's not wrong. 
Look, let me explain something to you. Follow. Here's one thing you can learn from politicians. When politicians go out and borrow a bunch of money, they do it right away at the beginning of their presidency. Like, oh, let me see if I can come up with an example. How about the Democrats? $3.5 trillion? How about the Democrats right now? So what they do is they steal, I'm sorry, uh, borrow, or I'm sorry, print, whatever the heck they're doing. They do all their stealing and everything that they're doing right up front so that you don't even remember four years from now what they actually well, did. that makes sense too. Yes. So I have, so I've been thinking about this, right? So how is so you remember that Biden wants to raise all these taxes and and it's it's funny that you guys don't understand that that even if you're only making a hundred grand and he says he's only gonna tax you over four hundred grand, you're gonna be taxed whether you understand it or not. Whether he actually shows it to you in your line items, you may or may not see it there, but you're gonna see it in increase in prices and you're gonna see it in decreases of wages. Whether you understand it or not, that's just called mathematics. And I realize that. You know, in, in the uh, the liberal schools that we're in right now, they don't teach mathematics because you don't even need to learn it anymore to pass according to certain certain places. However, <laughs> understand that it will be it will affect you. However, but there's one other thing that I don't I don't get. When Trump was president, he lowered all these taxes, and the government didn't shut down. We still had programs. We still had all. We even still had Obamacare. So I don't understand how they all of a sudden have to raise taxes to do the same exact thing they're doing now. Because they didn't have to. They just did it because they could. Right. You can't steal unless you have some kind of program, okay, infrastructure program or whatever they want to call it. It's just it's just a game. It's a it's a shell, three-card right. money sure. game. And infrastructure is one of the craziest things ever. You come up with the word infrastructure and you say, oh, yeah, it includes Internet and includes pipes and includes roads. Um, the Internet's working pretty fine right now. The roads, yeah, a couple of them need a little bit of work, but I don't see why that's the a problem for the federal government. But at the same time, you know how I feel about that is there are going to be certain stocks that are going to benefit from it. And let's find out what stocks they are. Let's buy them because that's the key. The key here is not to follow, not to care whether they go for $3.5 trillion, but it's to follow the money and figure out how you can get your fair share. Because that's what I teach now. I teach how to get your fair share. Obamacare, I've gotten my fair share. We teach them how to get our fair share. And I teach other people how to get their fair share too, like we do with the idle loans. Can you define loans. fair share? Fair share? Yeah, so that's the whole point, right? So everybody says, I want to pay. The, the Democrats, they go, I, you should pay your fair share in taxes. Well, I pay my fair share in taxes. You know how I pay my fair share in taxes? It's very simple. There's a tax code that's written, and I follow that tax code, and I pay my fair share, just like everybody else. However, there are also rules for Obamacare. There are rules for the idle loans. There are rules for PPP loans. I followed those rules, and I got lots of money, too. So that's that's what I mean by, get, by getting your fair share. And if you're going to pay your fair share, fine, but also get your fair share at the same time. I think it's uh, time for our friend to visit us. <laughs> Wait, before you do, Glenn actually has a question. Really? Hey, Glenn, you want to ask your question live so we can hear you? Uh, okay, all right, we'll just read it. So Glenn writes, I have a question. Why do I always hear that the rich pay the bulk of the taxes, but then on the other hand, you always hear the rich pay no taxes because of no tax on capital gains tax, which is true. Is it a matter of absolute dollars versus percentage or what you make? Because they're both full of crap. That's why. Larry, both, both sides. Larry, you can say that word. Can you? Yeah, yeah. I can't, well, say, I can't say the other four-letter word that begins with S. <laughs> you can't say scrap? No, I can say no, no. I here. I I can't I can't I can't say this word. Or this one. Or that one. 
Okay? So just understand, those are the words I can't say. I can say crap. All right. So, but the answer is they're both full of crap, both sides. The sides that are saying that the rich pay all the taxes, they're, they're uh, full of crap. And the uh, other hand, the rich pay no taxes is also full of crap. The, the, nobody knows how to understand how taxes are actually calculated. And nobody's actually looking at somebody's tax return. You know, when you look at, when you look at uh, I don't know, even Trump's tax return, which we couldn't look at because he was smart enough to realize that wasn't a law. That was just a courtesy that presidents do. And I'm actually really glad that maybe he set the precedent and no one will do it anymore because I think it's disgusting that they have to share their tax returns with us when I don't have to share my tax return with anyone for any reason whatsoever that's just you know a, a bunch of malarkey that they let you uh, that they, they make you do it but so so don't so glenn don't get stuck on the fact that they're not paying taxes they are and don't get fucks stuck on the fact that, that, that the other people are saying what they're saying all right you got it all right what where are we going? Wanna to go to Stock Options Sultan? Yeah, let's hear what he has to say. Stock Options Sultan. I have no idea how that happens. Stock Options Sultan. What? All right. So let's go to Stock Options Sultan. So the first thing I want to talk about is I want to talk about Facebook because it's pretty wild what's going on. I don't know if you guys know about this. There's the Wall Street Journal has started a series called the facebook files this is wild and every day they're coming out with another article about a, and they're bashing facebook now we all know what's going to happen in about six weeks what's that with facebook earnings earnings exactly and we're at the dead the, the middle which we call the dead zone of the two earnings so we're right in the middle and the fact is that it's a really good time to beat down the stock so you could buy it before earnings. So we all know that Facebook crushes it every time and they eventually go back up. And if you notice that the last four or five earnings, even though they went down right after earnings, they boosted up right away after that. So I, I've always said this before where the words fake news comes from the stock market first and there's always fake news. I actually believe that the Wall Street Journal is beating down Facebook. Now, you do understand that they're not making things up. They're not lying. They're telling the truth about everything that they're, they're writing. And sure enough, Facebook on Friday dropped 10 points because of all of this attention that the Wall Street Journal has given them. I'd like to see Facebook fall below 350. And if it falls below 350, there's a possible play. But 335 would make me would make me want to would make me a buyer again. And it's all about the Facebook files. Watch it. In the Wall Street Journal, if you subscribe to it, or if you subscribe to the paper, or if you subscribe to it online, definitely, definitely watch it. Now I do a show for you guys who watch this show who are listening to this show. I do a show live on Facebook and YouTube every day called Money Chat Now. And I've been talking about the Facebook files for le for the last week on my show. So if you ever if you're a, if you're a fan of the show and you're a fan of this show, you'll be a big fan of the Money Chat Now show too. That's at 4:03 every day on Facebook and YouTube. Apple is another play. I I'm a big fan of Apple right now. I think Apple is going to also. I think Apple is undervalued. I mean, Apple can never go wrong. Apple is a play where if you wanted, if somebody said to me, what stock should I buy and put in a drawer and just leave it? It's Apple. Apple is way too low right now. It's 145, which amazes me that it's that low. 
Um, I, I actually sold that one. It was right in the 150s, which I'm actually glad for. But I'd like to see this. I'll tell you what, if it goes below 140, it's a buy, buy, buy. Go all over this thing. It's not a bad buy at 145. Again, if you're going to buy and hold this, it's great. But as a stock options trader, we need, we need to see. I'd like to see it just a little bit lower. And the fact that the earnings is coming up on 921. I'm sorry, not 921, uh, on, a, on a, a 10.27 is earnings, and that puts us in the dead zone right now. If we could get maybe on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, if it could just, just drop below 140 even for a second and jump all over it, I think that's going to be an, an awesome play. All right, uh, anything you want me to, to specifically talk about? No, we're good? Okay, so AAL, CCL. I'm still fans. The only thing is, I want to be a fan. If you're going to play the option on these, you're going to go out to February or June. All right. You know, I've got stuff. I've got CCL. I've got AAL out into June. I'm sorry, out into February because I bought it, you know, a couple of months ago, kind of hoping it was going to take off by now, and it hasn't. But I've got plenty of time to make up for it, and it's going to happen. GE. Now, we all know they had a reverse split. G's at 100, but I'd like to see GE below 80. So just wait for it. G below 80 would make me happy. Um, Ford is also another play where Ford is right now at 13 and a half. If you could get, if you could grab Ford below 12, that's a play. Now I don't know if that's going to happen. Ford is making a big comeback with the electric vehicle market. They got the F-150, which they're sold. They sold double what they expected to sell. They were they had plans to sell 40,000. They've sold 80,000, which is amazing to me that the F-150, this is the electric one, not the, uh, you know, not the regular one, the electric one. And it's fascinating to me that they're keeping this price in a normal price range, a $40,000 price range for an electric F-150. I don't know. I'm, it, it makes me tempted to want to buy one. So here we go. I mean, you know, look all over it. You might even want to look at uh, the G G uh, GM too for the same reasons. They're all starting to make a move into the market. And it's weird because this is why I'm not a fan of Tesla. I'm not a fan of Tesla because you got all this competition that's finally going to start catching up. And, you know, unless Tesla is going to do something completely different than what they're doing, I, I don't really see it anymore. I see Tesla being the fad that it was, and now it's over. Uh, the, the big thing that Tesla has on everybody else is they have the charging stations. That, I believe, will be their will be their claim to fame, but I don't think they're going to make as much money on the charging stations or it's going to drive the stock up as much on the charging stations. Well, I've been seeing charging stations in Warminster, and yeah. they're free. Yeah, uh, they're free, right. They're free, I don't understand right. that. Right. Yeah, I don't understand that either. How they're free, right. Well, and there's two of them. Yeah. And they look like they're $10,000, $15,000, $20,000 units. Right. And not only are they free, but... but you, they also preferred parking, so they're usually in front of the building, yeah. and, and it says Tesla or it says electric vehicle only, yeah. which is really interesting. So this whole move to go electric, I mean, it's like the, it's like the vaccine. You know, we're going to give you every reason that you should go electric. However, that's going to reverse because pretty soon, if everybody has electric cars, those two spaces in front of the place is not going to be enough. So what are they going to have to do? They're going to have to put charging stations on every single parking spot in every single Parking lot. Well, if you notice, they have ridiculous. screens on them. The, the electric uh, pumps have screens on them running ads morning, noon, and night. Oh, that's interesting, too. Yeah. Right. So they are that, yeah. getting some advertising dollars yeah. from it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. That's probably, that's probably why, but why they're still, doing it. But it's, still, it's, it's, it's amazing that it's for free. And why is it for free? Who pays that electric? I mean, charge some kind of nominal thing for right. it. Why yeah, give it away five for bucks. free? Even five bucks, right? Why you, give it away for free? I think I think it's the same thing as, you know, it's the, you know, you get the first hit for free. And then later on, they're going to start charging you? All right. Maybe they just want you to get used to using the pump. It's yeah, not free. Exactly. Uh, it's not free?
Not for every Tesla owner. Oh, not for... Okay, that's how it works. Okay. It's their grandfathered in from the first Teslas. Oh, I got you. Okay, so some people do have to pay. See, I don't have a Tesla. Yes. I almost bought one. But I tell this story all the time, and I looked at all the Teslas, and they looked like these vehicles from sci-fi movies, and they scared me. They actually like, got me freaked out. The same thing with where everybody wearing masks. Anyway, we got... What do we got? We got about a minute, Phil. Actually, we got about 45 seconds left. So you want to go through your closing statement? Thanks to our producer, Glenn, for helping us out today. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor on our show, just email us. Info at Investorschooling.com. Info at Investorschooling.com. Don't forget to visit Investorschooling.com for our free class this Thursday night at 7 o'clock on real estate investing and stock option trading. That's Investorschooling.com. If you behave yourself, we might invite you to another complimentary class. And that's Investorschooling.com, Thursday night at 7 o'clock. We hope to have you come here, bring anybody you like, and we'll talk to you then. We out of here.